Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I just, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just one of those moments that you can't explain. Just super rewarding. Um, you know, you work so hard for it and then there it is right in front of you. So just, I, again, it's like when, when everything happens and falls into place, like it should, um, I just felt like everything was going to be right that day. And it sure enough was, and it just happened. So, I mean, just, it happened better than I could have imagined, you know? Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. I am Sam with Fall Obsession, your podcast host, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. I am joined this week by a guest returning to the podcast again. She's joined us before, and that is our very own field staffer, Kim Sullivan. Welcome back, Kim. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. Always a good time. And um, if you guys want, like I said, Kim has been on here before. She's uh, she's known for slaying big deer up there in the inner stomping grounds up there in Virginia. So check out her previous podcast episodes with us, episode 71 is the most recent one. She talked about some of her whitetail management tactics and a lot of other good stuff that she does up there. Um, kind of as we led into this deer season that we're in right now. And then uh, again, last I, I guess it was kind of recapping a hunt last year, but we court, recorded it back in January was episode 46, um, where she talked about actually a buck that she killed last year. So both of those are really good episodes. You guys need to go check them out. And uh let us know what you think of them too. But we are on here today um, catching up with Kim because there's another big deer on the ground. You had a repeat again. 
this year. He may have even won up last year. I, I don't really know. We'll, we'll let the listeners decide that, but, um, really big deer on the ground. Congrats on that. It's a, he's a stud. Thank you so much. I'm still, um, just blown away by it. So still super excited. So I know obviously that's the, the meat of our discussion. That's why we're here. We're going to talk about this hunt, talk about this deer. Um, I'm going to let you kind of set the stage, if you will, for, for this hunt in particular, um, because I know that you pay attention to your deer out there. I know that you monitor your property, you run cameras, you're out there all the time, um, putting in the work. So kind of, I guess we're kind of building off of, uh, our last podcast even, but tell us about, um, your history with this deer or any sort of memorable observations or watching him leading up into the season. Uh, just kind of set the stage and take us into deer season and where your head was at with this buck. Absolutely. So, um, we do run a ton of cameras over the summer on all of our food plots and whatnot. And, um, that's uh, a main thing as far as studying our deer and this buck in particular I honestly do not remember having much history with him. And um, I think one of the main reasons, like after I actually killed this buck, we went back and looked at some of um, our trail cameras from the summer, some of our pictures that we saved from the summer. And he was on camera a ton, but I just overlooked him because he was on camera with another buck that I talked about in my last podcast um, that I call I named Kelsey he was he still is on the top of my list um as a shooter buck but he you know I I guess I just overlooked this one and um looking back I mean he was showing up in very um close territory from where I killed him and um he had a ton of pictures coming in consistently so you know he's one of those deer that he, he had been around but I just I ended up overlooking him until um a couple of days before I actually killed him, he shut up on our trail cameras again. And I saw him, um, a couple of days in a row before I killed him. So not necessarily a lot of history with him. And I don't remember this deer from last year. I'm sure we did have him, but I just, we can't place him from a buck from last year. So I'm not sure if it's one that moved in this year or not. So I would say really not much history, but he, he was around. And um, I think I ended up just um, at the right place at the right time with this book. Yeah. So remind me again, I know I've, I'm pro- I've probably asked this at some point between the, the last two podcasts that we've done. Um, but in, in Virginia, for the land that you have access to or the land that you hunt, how many buck tags or how many bucks are you allowed to take? So we are earn a buck. Um, and so you have to, if you kill a buck, you have to kill a doe before you can kill the next buck. Um, I, um, use, in my opinion, um, I think we're allowed too many, um, because Virginia has some stud bucks and, I think as far as like management goes and just the amount that we're allowed to kill, I personally think it's too many, but you know, some people might disagree with me. Um, but I do think that Virginia could really, really be up there. Um, if we minimized our, uh, buck tags. Gotcha. Okay. I was just, I was curious cause like I'm on our property, for example, that we're hunting, I have 
I can kill one mature buck for oh for God. the whole season. So I'm having to I'm having to, I'm really paying attention to cameras and trying to really think about okay which deer do I want to put forth the effort or if another buck walks out, you know, you really have to think about, okay, is this the one I want to burn my tag on? So uh, it's just, I, I just wanted to clarify that for, cause I know there's other listeners that probably have a similar, uh, you know, one or two bucks that they're limited to. So I wanted to clarify that before we moved any farther, but building upon that, I wanted to talk about kind of your decision to take this deer because I know, a few days prior, you sent us a photo of another buck that was very impressive, in my opinion. Um, I may have even said that I would probably shoot him, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but tell tell us about even about that deer and and just your thought process with him versus the buck that you ended up killing, and kind of what kind of what justifies a shooter out there for you. Yeah. So. Um... Virginia bow season opened uh, Saturday 4th, and, um, you know, Saturday I saw a couple does, um, but I'm usually when bow season starts, I have bucks in mind, and, um, I, you know, I don't really look to kill a doe that early, um, but uh, Sunday, October 5th, I was out in the stand, and at 7.30 in the morning, um, a buck we call Flames came in with another like smaller eight pointer and then a spike, they all came in together, which I was like super caught off guard. I just didn't think that I was going to see them, but, um, they showed up and in our food plots and, um, well, the buck that I ended up passing on, he came within 10 yards of me and, um, you know, I knew him right away, uh, because he has just this super freaky rack where he's just, crazy wide um but shorter tines and um you know we had a ton of pictures of him a ton of videos of him all summer long and the main thing that gets you is his width i mean he you know he's it's just crazy wide but when i saw him initially on on hook i was just like i knew exactly who he was and i was just like i don't i don't think i'm gonna shoot him um and it kind of surprised me because um, just how wide he was, but I felt like he, he didn't like, I don't know. He didn't get me worked up. Like I thought he would have after seeing him on camera and on video. Like I just didn't get that like intense feeling that I usually get with a buck. And, um, you know, I just convinced myself just to, to let him walk. And I thought he was young and I just didn't think he was a shooter. And he also has like one of his, um, I think his right side, maybe from injury or something is a lot um, uh, less developed, smaller than his, um, than his left side. So I think, I think that was one of the main reasons I passed, um, you know, if his sides were even, then I probably would have taken him, but um, you know, I had him, I have him on video. I've, I recorded it. And then, um, you know, I got home and I thought I did the right thing. And, and I was showing my boyfriend um, the pictures and the videos and he was like, he was even like caught off guard. <laughs> why, why did you pass that buck? And I was like, Oh my gosh. So then, you know, I, I just second guessed myself for days and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I messed up on a huge buck. I probably should have shot him. Like that was my opportunity. Um, but you know, it's, it's moments like when I got the deer killed that kind of, it just, 
makes it all worth it. You know, like I went through so much, like so many feelings over that. And I just thought I just completely messed up. But um, I'm definitely, I know I'm a lot happier with the buck I killed than I would have been um, with the one I let go. And um, he's just, um, the one I killed, just a lot more mature, in my opinion. And um, his body size was a lot bigger. Um, And he was like super pomaded and super heavy. And I just didn't see that with, you know, with the buck that I had. So, it was just one of those things where um, once once you get to the point where you can let deer go, it's it's awesome because, you know, you, you get the opportunity to see one that's bigger or more mature. Um, and the selective process of the whole thing, you know, it, it's emotional and, it, and drives you crazy. But um, in the end, I think it's worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's worth it to, to be picky or have that management mentality for a little bit better term, in my opinion. But... I, I'm a similar experience for me. We had, uh, I was out hunting opening weekend and I had an eight point come out. Beautiful deer hung out in front of me forever. Like a really nice buck, but you can look at him and tell that he's young. And this deer is actually in our, uh, I think it's episode three of our Texas dirt series. I actually got footage and I talked about this deer, but he really pretty buck and different different time years ago i probably would have shot him you know but he uh kind of the same deal i didn't get that excited feeling i was excited to see a buck but you know it wasn't it wasn't like oh my gosh this is deer i'm gonna shoot and you know and i talk about in that episode when a buck walks out that's mature and that you're gonna take you pretty much know instantly Oh, when, yeah. you, when you're managing a property or you or you have multiple different bucks on your hit list and one walks out and you're trying to think of a good reason to shoot them, it's probably Done. probably not one that you want to take, probably one you want to let walk. So uh, that, that that's really cool that, you know, you had that self-control. And again, you second-guess yourself. I second-guess myself. But, you know, for, you know, it paid off for you in the in the long run, So and rightfully so. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, if I didn't take the buck I did, I probably would still be uh, mad at myself for it. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just the way it goes sometimes. It's hunting. It's yes. Yeah. So many ups and downs. Yeah. I haven't taken another a buck yet, obviously, but I, uh, I've i had bigger ones in front of me since then, or at least laid eyes on them. So I'm, I'm satisfied with my decision. So Yeah. Yeah. And that one buck tag makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah. it's good and bad because yeah, you're holding out for a good one, but at the same time, you you're wondering where that point in the season is going to be, where you just have to do you just have to make a decision or do you do you just keep holding out? So it's a it's a balancing act down here. But right. all right, let's get into let's get into the hunt itself. That that evening when it all went down, take us through it. Tell us what happened. Okay, so um, you know I had hunted a lot after. Um, after Sunday when I let that buck go and, um, I, I hunt basically I get on the weekends and then, um, I'm a teacher. So usually until daylight savings time, I can get home to hunt in time in the evenings. And I pretty much do that as much as I can. Um, and it was Friday, October 8th. Um, and I actually had a hair appointment and, you know, cause I'm still female and I get my hair done with that. Um, and the, we had like the whole beginning of bow season was super hot. 
um, you know, upper 70s, low 80s. And hunting like that is just difficult. Um, but uh, on Friday, we had a pretty dramatic um, change in temperature. And it was like higher 60s. And so I, you know, messaged my hairdresser and I was like, will you hate me if I cancel on you? And, uh, you know, pretty much, much like, no, I get it. Go hunt. <laughs> <And I was laughs> like, okay. So um, I ended up canceling my hair appointment and I rushed home that evening after work. Um, and I went into an area where we did a lot of scouting um, over the summer because we knew that it was an area where bucks were traveling a lot. And we think that they were bedded um, on another um, just past our property line and they were traveling through there. And we got a ton of pictures um, this summer, and it also up to a soybean field, which is huge for us early season. Um, so I went in, I took my climber in, and um, I uh, climbed a tree and out there, and I saw a couple does that evening. And then uh, closer to dark, I saw what I thought was a huge buck on the edge of the soybean field. And I couldn't tell exactly what he was, but looking through the binoculars, like it was making me shake. I, I had that, you know, I was like, I had that rush. I knew he was something to get worked up about. Um, so I uh, ended up leaving my climber on the tree. And when I was coming out, I pulled the SD card from our camera that's right there in that area. And I got home and I was checking pictures and there was two beautiful deer um, bucks that were in there. Wednesday evening, Thursday evening, and obviously I had seen one of them, which I thought was him, Friday evening. So things in a row, which kind of blew my mind because it's like super early to pattern them like that. And um, I, so, you know, it was evening activity on the camera. They were in there 545, 6 o'clock, 615-ish, all of those evenings. And so that made my decision to not go back that morning I didn't I just didn't want to bust in there I didn't know you know obviously where we're getting a lot of movement in the evening so I just decided to leave my stand there I went and I hunted a different spot the next morning and then um, Saturday evening I got back in there super early and my plan was when I got in there to move my climber and to get a little bit closer to that field edge where I saw him but when I went in there there was um, a fresh rub, like a big rub behind 10 yards behind the tree that I climbed that was not there the day before. So I was like, oh, okay. And that made my decision just to stay in that tree. And I climbed the same tree and um, I did not see anything that evening until right about 6.30 or so. And it's around here, it gets dark at about um 650 655 depending on if you're in woods field area and um at about 630 two bucks came um to my left about 50 yards and they walked the same trail out to the soybean field and then the buck that I actually let go on Sunday also trailed them like four minutes later and they all went out the same exact spot to the soybean field and they were eating right on the edge of that field and, um, you know, so I watched them for a while and then I got down, same thing. I said, I just need to get out of here as quiet as I can, leave my climber and get out and go. And, um, the next 
day, same thing. I didn't hunt there in the morning. I went back um, Sunday evening. And I actually, like, this place that we hunt, that I was hunting, we just didn't do a lot of hunting because it's super hard to get into. Um, you know, like, we would usually drive the four-wheeler there but still have to walk a good ways in there. And during bow season with your climber, when it's super hot, it's just one of those walks that it's just dreadful. You oh, know, yeah. by the time you're just drenched in sweat, like, why did I do this to myself? Um, I actually ended up getting a uh, Rambo um, hunting bike, and um, I'm obsessed with that thing. Um, it helped, you know, it helped me get into the area quick. It helped me get into the area quiet, like not, you know, not a four-wheeler driving in there all loud and a lot less sweaty by, you know, not having to walk that whole way. So I, I kind of, like, feel like that's a factor um, to my success. But anyway, so Sunday I told myself I'm, I'm going in there. I'm getting in there super early um, because I want to move my climber where I saw all three of those bucks cross the uh, – we had a four-wheeler trail in there, cross the trail and go into field. So I got in there. It was about, I guess I probably left the house, um, probably like three fifteen or so. I rode the bike down there and I got to my climber. I took it off the tree, walked up about probably about fifty yards and to the spot where I wanted to climb. And there was literally one tree I could possibly climb. Huh. It was not the most ideal. Um, it was a, a real small tree, um, but I just didn't have any other options so i was like well you know i'm just gonna do this and i and i got up in the tree and i remember thinking you know like if these deer get past me i'm never going to be able to shoot them like, i don't have any shooting lanes to my right um on the edge of the field i just didn't have any shooting lanes i had some to my left and then i had that clear four-wheeler trail straight in front of me so you know i told myself if it happens they literally are going to have to walk dead in front of me and you know i hopefully it works out um so you know i remember i was sweating because it was it was about 76 78 degrees something like that it was warm that day um as i was sitting up there i heard acorns just dropping and i was like oh this is what they're eating right here on the edge you know i, di I didn't even know that because our acorn crop this year is not the best our, our uh, white oaks it's not, they're not really, they haven't really produced much. The red oaks, we have a pretty good crop of those, but where I was sitting, it was white oaks and they were just dropping. And I was like, this is a good time. So, um, I stood up about 615 in my climber just cause I wanted to be ready. I wanted everything to be perfect. And, um, and I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of time if I was sitting down and I was also kind of in the wide open, um, in that tree that I climbed. So I was a little nervous about that. So I just wanted to be up, be prepared. Um, right about 6.15, I heard something over my right shoulder, and there was a, um, a nice eight-pointer out in the field. Not a shooter, um, but, you know, this. I started getting excited. I was like, okay, this, you know, this is, this is going to happen. And I just, everything just felt right. You know, those evenings where everything just feels right. And everything's just lining up the way it should. And, um Right at 6.30, like clockwork, um, I heard something into the woods to my left um, in the exact same area where the deer came out Saturday evening. There was two bucks in there, and they were actually, like, kind of chasing around a little bit with a doe, nothing crazy. 
Um, but then they were, you know, they were rubbing trees. They were making scrapes. They were all over the place down there. And um, I couldn't tell what they were, or who they were, but I could tell they were good bucks. And um, the one, the first buck that came up, he was about 50 yards to my left. And he actually like kept going way out in front of me, but then ended up like working his way back straight towards me. And when he picked head up, I knew it was him. He has like this distinct, almost like a heart shaped rack uh, when you're looking at him from the front. And so I knew immediately it was him and he was walking straight towards me. So I waited for him to get behind like a smaller group of trees because you know, there wasn't much because he was coming real, real close to that four wheeler trail. And um, I um, pulled my bow back, I drew my bow, and I thought I messed up on that because he kind of jumped back. I don't know if he heard me or, you know, just saw some type of motion or smelled me or something. He jumped back, but then he just went back to normal nose to the ground, just kind of sniffing around and he worked his way. Um, 20, he was 22 yards and he was facing me. And then he stepped, he stepped that um, foot forward and uh, he was, you know, broadside right at 22 yards and I let the arrow fly. And I heard this, like the thud. I don't know if, you know, I feel like bow hunters, you know, when you made a good shot because you hear it. Yeah. And I heard that and he took off into the field um, and I watched him. He ran through the field and then cut back into the woods behind me. And I was pretty positive. I heard a crash. Um, you know, I'm freaking out at that point. I just so much adrenaline going through my body. I just I had to, like, calm myself down and just think for a second and relax. And um I get down and I go find my arrow and the arrow's there. It went, it went straight through him, covered in blood. There was blood on the tree right behind him where he was. Uh, but then I started to panic because uh, where he went out into the field, there was like just a couple drops of blood. And I was struggling to find a blood trail. And um, I actually, you know, I called my boyfriend. He came to help me um, trail and we, I mean, we found little blood uh, it was super scary and i'm starting to get mad at that point like I, there you know i know i hit it good my arrow is showing that i hit it good um and we ended up going into the woods where i thought I was looking around couldn't find anything i had my gopro on so i replayed the gopro and he actually ran higher a lot higher into the woods that um than i originally thought and then once we got to the area where the GoPro showed that he went into the woods, um, the blood trail, it was, it was thick and we found him in there and, um, put my hands on his rack. And I just, I just, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just one of those moments that you can't explain. It's super rewarding. Um, you know, you work so hard for it and then there it is right in front of you. So just, I, again it's like when when everything happens and falls into place like it should um i just felt like everything was going to be right that day and it sure enough was and it just happened so i mean just it happened better than i could have imagined you know absolutely that that's awesome it's great when it comes together like that and yeah the the rewarding feeling that you have when you finally walk up and not just having a big deer on the ground and i, I know we've I probably said something similar to this in, you know, talking about last year's buck in that episode, but, um, you know, you, you walk up and you put your hands on that rack. It's not just a big deer. It's, it's hours and days of hard work and perseverance and patience 
blood, yes. sweat, and tears paying off right then and there. Everything you've worked for. And, you know, the first thing that I noticed on him, he was, like, super pomaded. Um, his body size was just huge. And, um, you know, it just, uh, it's just it's just a crazy feeling, you know. And um, like you said, you – you work so hard and bow hunting is super hard. It's super challenging. And, you know, the patience is one thing because it has to happen. So perfect. They have to come, you know, in your distance, they have, have to be in a spot where you can shoot, you know, you practice all summer long. It's expensive. It's, you know, it's all of that, but it's so, so worth it. Absolutely. So I know you haven't gotten him, haven't gotten him scored, but on, on the hoof, is this deer bigger than last year's deer? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, last year I, um, killed a mature seven pointer. Um, we think he was five years old. Um, this year we think he's four years old, so maybe not as old, but, um, he's, um, a mainframe eight with a split brow, which makes him a nine and just the palmation on him. is just, it, I mean, he's just a beautiful rack. He's, um, I say like with, he's pretty similar to, um, the width of the deer um last year but just um just a much better size rack and um heavier and uh that palmation on him just it's so beautiful to see yeah this this i'm two for two now on um my buck kills with my bow and um this is definitely the biggest one so far with my bow so that's awesome very cool uh real quick just because you mentioned you know the the size difference and the characteristic difference this year's buck versus last year's buck i'll i'll ask this real quick this year compared to last year are you seeing just bigger deer in general based on your efforts and everything that you've done out there um i i don't think um we don't we haven't had like a drastic change in the size of deer i'd say um very similar um but we've been managing for a while so as far as like noticing from last year to this year you know not much of a of a difference um because and you know a continual effort not just from last year to this year right gotcha all right so last question what about kelsey what's the plan (laughs) for him moving forward so kelsey was my um top buck and um you know we had a lot of pictures of him in velvet and just a stud deer like i can't give too much away but um he would be by far the biggest deer I think I'd ever laid eyes on or anything like that. Um, but we got a picture of him out of velvet and he actually, actually broke off, um, half of one of his, um, sides. He still would be the biggest deer I'd ever seen, even with that broken side. But, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those in the moment things. If I do see him, um, especially after already killing this year, um, I don't know. I would love to let him go to see what he would be next year because, you know, like obviously if I were to take him, he's not at his full potential with that broken side. And it's just, but I just worry that if I let him go, if I do get the chance, if I let him go, I don't think we'll ever get a chance with with many people around here if they do come across him. So I think it's one of those things where it's going to be in the moment, especially if it's a um, if it's with a bow. I think um, you know with black powder or a rifle, I think it'll be um, 
easier to let him walk. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's an in-the-moment thing. I haven't see, We haven't seen a lot of him on camera lately. Um, I don't know. I kind of hope I don't see him. And I hope he like stays away from everyone and makes it through. He <laughs> uh, will be something crazy next year. Yeah, well, that will be very interesting to to follow along and uh, see how that plays out. That's uh, again, I I get it. It's a it's an in the moment thing. My my dad he has a uh, a buck coming in on his stand right now. Probably one of the biggest eight pointers I've ever seen in the field this absolutely massive eight pointer but his g was his g3 on his left side is broke still an absolute stud deer but it's like oh my and he's he's perfectly symmetrical too which is even crazier but it's like man that deer he he's a mature deer but i don't feel like he would decline this year to next year at the same time so you have that thought to let him walk but at the same time he's the biggest buck that we that we have out here and yeah i i, I sincerely doubt that he uh that somebody does hopefully one of us doesn't at least take a shot i know if he walked in front of me it'd be i don't i don't know if i'd have the self-control <laughs> yeah it's super hard you know you had a thousand acres and and you could let him go confidently knowing that they would make it through but you know um I'm not rich, <laughs> so, um, but if anybody wants to donate some to me, I'm right here. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think a bunch of people could probably jump in that boat too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know. You know, you never know. You never know. It's true. We'll yeah. Well, Kim, awesome book, awesome story, awesome start to the 2021 season and again seeing all your hard work pay off which is pretty awesome so uh thanks for coming on and and sharing the story with us this week appreciate you joining us you're so welcome i love telling the story so thank you for having me on absolutely i'm sure i'm sure it won't be long before we knock out another one and uh hopefully hopefully maybe i don't know we'll we'll get an update one way or another on kelsey so we'll we'll see (laughs) we'll see how that uh unfolds like i said so a good update (laughs) hopefully it is yes in one way or another all right guys we'll appreciate y'all listening and tune in to another week of our fall obsession podcast if you guys are a new listener or you're a returning listener that hasn't done it yet you need to go follow and subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on we are on all major podcast apps as well as our episodes are also found on our youtube and our website fallobsession.com Uh, If you guys are an Apple Podcast listener, please leave us a review if you can. Five stars if you think we're worth it. And if you don't think we're worth it, then head to fallobsession.com slash podcast and tell us why we're not. We have a form on there that you guys can fill out to send us either general feedback, um, you can ask questions that we'll address in an episode, or you can suggest topics, guests, anything like that. So we're open and accepting of all feedback, so hit us up on there. Our website, fallobsession.com, is our hub. That's where all of our content is found. We are a hunting and outdoor media production company, so on that website you can find gear reviews, educational articles, wild game recipes, all of our mini video series that we that we run. 
video series are also found on YouTube. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're putting out a, a multiple new videos a week. Check out our apparel at our online store. We're battling the effects of, I don't know, I'm told so many different things, trade ships in this, off the coast and all this other stuff, but nobody can get anything, and uh, hats and shirts are apparently included in that, so we're we're working through all those issues and slowly getting our apparel restocked, but uh, we got a lot of new designs on there for you guys, available for pre-order at least, so go check them out. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, those are our socials. Go follow, like, all that good stuff. Again, subscribe to our YouTube. And uh, Kim, I believe you also got your social pages as well that people can follow. I know you. I know you send us your you know, your content and everything we put on your pages, but you also share your journey and, uh, everything you're doing on yours as well. So. Yep. Um, if you guys wanted to, you can follow me on Instagram. It's, I actually have a YouTube video of this hunt, um, that I kind of self filmed with my GoPro and, um, the YouTube link is on my Instagram bio or it's, um, you know, you can search KS Outdoors on YouTube as well. And I have that uh, video as well as a couple other ones on there. So if you guys want to check those out, that would be great. Well, there you go, guys. Yeah, go give Kim a, Kim a follow and show her your support as well. And uh, be sure you follow Fall Obsession too. See her content in both places. So, all right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. Kim, thank you again for coming on this week. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. All right, guys. We're back here every single Monday morning for a new episode, and we will catch you guys again next week.